This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, September 2nd, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. In an election year dominated by personalities and personal attacks, Republican House Speaker Paul Ryan has focused his energy more on poverty and policy responses to it. Michael Tanner, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute, discusses why. Paul Ryan, in lieu of spending a lot of time going around stumping for the Republican nominee, something you might expect the uh, well-regarded Republican Speaker of the House to do, he's been talking a lot about poverty and uh, specifically his plans to, or his hopes rather, I suppose, to deal with poverty uh, as a problem in the United States. This has been a long-standing priority for Paul Ryan. Uh, he's long had an interest in poverty and in sort of creating a Republican brand of anti-poverty effort, kind of a new type of Republicanism when it comes to poverty. He recently brought out another one of his blueprints. He's been churning these out every couple of uh, couple of months. He brought one uh, out on poverty a couple of months ago. And he's also been flirting uh, with other proposals on poverty as they've been put forward uh, in Congress, most recently, uh, an idea that's come out of the Black Caucus for targeting uh, poverty aid more to uh, to areas with high poverty levels. To what extent has he detailed in the past uh, ideas or programmatic changes that he would make to uh, deal with sort of the the trap uh, that that exists within? Uh, federal and state welfare programs? Well, first you have to give Ryan uh, props for recommending or for recognizing three big problems. One is that the current social welfare system doesn't work very well. We spend an enormous amount of money, uh, and yet we do very little to actually reduce poverty. And he seems to understand that the current programs are not working and we have to do something different. Second, unlike a lot of conservatives, he recognizes that you can't simply go to a poor child in the inner city and say, okay, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Uh, It's not that simple. You do have to deal with the fact that people are not starting from an equal place in society. And third, he seems to recognize that you have to have some sort of metric of success, that you can't simply give money, even in terms of devolving authority to the states, you can't simply give the states money and say, do with with it what you like. Uh, you have to have some sort of requirements that they show that they're using that money in successful ways or pay penalties for it. It can't be uh, no strings attached. Uh, And he has put forward proposals that seem to deal with that. The big problem is that he used to talk in terms of things like reforming the earned income tax credit uh, or devolving uh, – concentrating some of the programs that we have – consolidating some of the 100-plus welfare programs we have and then turning that money back to states in forms of block grants. That seems to be fading right now. might be sort of recognition of political reality. Uh, Paul Ryan, if nothing else, is a pragmatist, and he has a very fractious caucus of his own that he has to deal with. But his recent proposals have seemed much more likely little tiny things that can get widespread support rather than big ideas. I think I understand it, but explain why you think uh, the idea that consolidating programs is something that's useful? Well, the current pr- system we have is neither humane nor efficient. Uh, if you have over 100 programs, 70 some out of which give benefits to individuals either directly or in kind, uh, it becomes very difficult to understand which programs people get, uh, which programs work, how do you tease out whether this, this program that reduced poverty or that program that increased poverty. 
it becomes very difficult for the people who are receiving the benefits to know if they qualify and to work their way through the maze of bureaucracy in order to get on the programs. You can have people who are identically situated, but they get very different benefits because one knows how to work the system and one doesn't. Uh, and in the end, uh, you have very little oversight. You have uh, nine different cabinet agencies and six independent departments that oversee one or more uh, of these programs. It becomes almost impossible to keep track of. To the extent presidential candidates have talked about poverty, what have they said? It's been very strange, but there's been almost no discussion of poverty on the campaign trail. Uh, the candidates seem to focus heavily on the middle class or the working class. Uh, Donald Trump talks a lot about uh, people who are losing jobs, that sort of thing, factory workers, that sort of blue-collar uh, constituency that he speaks to. Uh, but he doesn't really talk much about uh, poor, the inner city, the folks in Appalachia, that the people in the Mississippi Delta who are struggling. Uh, they seem to be left out of it. And uh, Hillary Clinton, to the degree that she talks about it, again, tends to focus on sort of the middle class rather than the poor. Uh, where she talks about the poor, it's largely in terms of, well, let's give them more money. Why do you believe that uh, Paul Ryan has tried to make uh, poverty a, a central part of his actual legislative work? Part of this is, he, is Paul Ryan is a Catholic, and he, this comes out of the Catholic social tradition of uh, the uh, priority for the poor, the, the, the option for the poor. has been, always been part of Catholic social teaching, and he takes that very seriously. And part of it is, I think, part of a larger rebranding of Republicanism, uh, that he knows that the stereotype of Republicans is that they care about the rich and not about the poor. And he's trying very hard to change that perception. So I think it's both pragmatic politics and also a genuine belief on Ryan's part. Michael Tanner is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate this podcast at iTunes, Google Play, and with Cato's iOS app. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.